Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Hey, welcome everybody. Your afternoon is with me, Larry Sharp, here on A Free Solution. W-Y-S-L-W-E-N-Y-E-N-I, Elmira Corning, The Patriot, W-Y, I'm sorry, W-A-C-K. Whack, how can I forget that? Newark, New York, the cool Newark, not the one in New Jersey. I'm teasing you, New Jersey. I love you too. Just... Not as much as I love New York. I do love New York, even though I'm not happy with our government, that's for sure. I do love the state. And if you want to talk about that, you know what? If you want to talk about what happened yesterday, I'm going to cover that right now. Reach out to me. I'm happy to have that conversation. And I'm going to cover this, as you already know, not as a Republican or as a Democrat, but as a Libertarian. So you know I'm going to have a different spin, of course. Five, eight, five. Three, four, six, three thousand. The first thing I want to bring up about yesterday and the events in DC, and I'm sure everyone listening, you know, has a spin on on it and knows what happened, is a little bit. I don't mean to be mean here, but a little bit of I told you so. I brought this up all last year as I was crossing New York State. If any of you were paying attention, and I hope some of you were, I was saying that regardless of who wins. Whether Trump wins, whether Biden wins, doesn't matter. Either way, there was going to be tens of millions of unhappy Americans. There were going to be tens of millions of people who were going to feel like they were robbed regardless of whether it was true or not. They're going to feel that way no matter what. And feelings do matter. Politics is far more about emotion than most people want to accept. And I said, when that happens, there's going to be sporadic violence, and we should be ready for that and prepared for that. And we weren't. I said it was going to happen, and it's already happening. We see it all over. And I said it was going to be worse because of the lockdowns. And yeah, it's worse because of the lockdowns. And it's not done. And I wish I had the magic powers to stop the violence. Clearly, I don't. It's going to happen again. And we have to understand that it's going to happen again. Desperate people in desperate situations do desperate things. This is predictable and preventable. And yet, as always, government has done neither of those two things. That dealt with preventing it or even predicting it. And both were true. Now, do I have, and some of you may not like this, do I have some sympathy for those people who went into the Capitol? Of course I do. Just as I had some sympathy for the people who were, you know, protesting in the summer. I I have sympathy for both. I have empathy for both. I know what it's like to lose and have no recourse. I've played that game personally. I know the emotion behind that. I know the emotion behind feeling like a system doesn't help you or support you. I get it. I have sympathy. I do. I have some empathy. I do. And I don't want to say that now I'm saying, well, now it's okay because I have empathy or sympathy. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying 
that as always, the black and white thinking of they're all evil people trying to crush the world or they're all just peaceful protesters in both the summer and yesterday were wrong. It was gray on both sides. And how do you know that? The arguments to defend and to destroy the other are exactly the same and very often hypocritical, right? If, if you were on the left during the summer, you're like, well, they're mostly peaceful. If you're on the right today, well, they were mostly peaceful. It's the same thing. The summer, right? Oh, they were infiltrators. Now, they were infiltrators. The arguments are the same. Now, of course, I know someone's going to say, Larry, but it's different because of X, Y, and Z. And here are the facts. And here's the evidence. And what did I just say earlier? This is heavily about emotion. Trying to use a logical argument to deal with an emotional problem fails again and again and again. Many people tease me. They go, Larry, you're all about emotion. You're all about life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness and about happiness. Yeah, I am. I'm one of the only people who realizes that that's what, when people are happy, they don't resort to violence. They don't hurt each other. The best defense against violence is not more cops. That's a defense. It's not the best. The best defense against violence is people who don't want to commit violence. It's people who are happy in environments that say, what are you doing? We have answers for you. That's the best defense against violence. When people feel like there's nothing else, they get angry. They do. When people resort to rioting or violence or anything of that of that type, it's because they feel like they're not being heard. Now, I personally, while I am not supporting of, of course I'm not. Am I supporting of the protests? Yes, and I was supporting of the protests in the summer too. So that means I've made at least... <laughs> at least half of you angry on one side or the other because I support both protests. I think the president had every right to fight on the election or to, you know, sue or whatever the case may be. Every right. And he did. And he should have. The violence is a piece that I'm unhappy with. But I get, I understand it. And you might say, but Larry, there's logic behind it. Eh, maybe there is. But again, it's emotional. So the reason why I was so against the violence in the summer and yesterday is because if you remember when there was violence in the summer, the majority of Americans were like, oh my God, this guy got killed by the cops. We care. That's important. We care. And most of America was like, we care. This does matter. Some didn't want to go out and protest. Some weren't going crazy about it. But most were like, yeah, this does matter. Let's talk about this. Then the violence came and people went, no. Sorry. The same thing happened yesterday. And for those of you who don't know, I had a statement yesterday. It was a short three-minute statement. And a statement was, if you're a Trump supporter now, it's time to accept that the war is not over, but this battle is. This battle is over. And to spend more time, energy, and resources throwing your troops into this battlefield is just a meat grinder. And it's not going to help. It's going to make things worse. And it did. It's made things worse. If you are a Trump supporter now, I, I can imagine how you feel. Um, dejected, angry, betrayed, all those things. Yep, I, I, I can get that. And I'm asking you to realize that whatever logic you come up with, it's not going to matter, even if it's correct. Let me say it again. Even if it's correct, 
it's not going to matter. All it will do is land on deaf ears. It will just reinforce those people who support Trump already, and it will turn no one else. And those who've turned against Trump, it's not going to turn them back. We have to accept that if you are a Trump supporter, this battle is over. The war isn't. This one is. And since the battle is over, you've got to retreat, regroup, and prepare for a second wave or even a counterattack. Prepare. That might happen. That should happen. They might say, Larry, you're a libertarian. Why do you care if Republicans are strong or not? Because libertarians aren't powerful enough to stop the current one-party system. I wish we were. I really do wish we were. But we're not. We need others. We need allies to assist. I need people to be able to resist. I tell people all the time. Uh, you know, I t- you talk about New York all the time, Larry. Yeah, because what happens in New York happens to the rest of the country eventually. New York now, if you're in New York like I am, and most of you are, you know we already live in a one-party system run by Democrats. We already live in this already. We live in that dictatorship. And now that's coming to America. I'd like, we have a weak Republican Party here in New York State. Don't get me wrong, there are some good Republicans that get elected locally, it's true. Some, Some are. Most are weak. Most just acquiesce to His Majesty, King Andrew Cuomo II, oh, hello, King. And they do that, and there's no real opposition. I don't want that to happen for our nation. I just don't. One party is a bad idea. But here's what I also know. When I lost my election, I had to regroup. I had to retreat. And now what am I doing? I'm not storming the Capitol. I'm not resorting to violence. I'm trying to change hearts and minds so we can make an actual counterattack, so we can defend ourselves. That's what I'm doing. If you are a Trump supporter, here are your three options for the future. But Larry, I don't want to retreat. George Washington retreated. George Washington lost his first couple battles. In fact, the first one he lost was here in New York. Battle of Long Island or the Battle of Brooklyn also. They they called Brooklyn Long Island back then. He lost that battle. He retreated, withdrew, regrouped. It was the right answer. And he won the war. We don't have to die on every hill. If you think that Trump is still your leader then convince him. If you think he isn't, then find another one. If none of those work, join the Libertarian Party. All three can work. Convince and help him, or find another another leader, or join our party. We're here either way. Larry Sharp always with solutions, and they're always free. Here on WYSL, a free solution, 585-346-3000. Back with phone calls after the break. A free solution. Hey, Larry Sharp here. Thank you so much for giving me a piece of your afternoon. Host of the Sharp Way Show. Please follow me on the Sharp Way. Uh, how about YouTube? Yes, there is a Sharp Way YouTube page. Please check that out when you have a moment. Here on WYSL, W-E-N-Y-E-N-I, Elmira Corning, the Patriot, W-A-C-K in Newark, New York. Reach out to me, 585 585- Three, four, six, three thousand. I want to grab a call right now if I could. Someone's calling, so thank you so much. Craig from Clifton. How are you, sir? Hey, Clifton, Larry, sorry. how are you? What's going on, brother? Uh, just calling because, well, yesterday happened, right? So, <laughs> yes, it uh, did. 
Yeah, I'm just curious if you think that. I mean, there was a literally there was literally a guy with his boots up on Nancy Pelosi's desk. So, I'm wondering if you think that maybe the legislators will take notice of that that they're not quite as insulated as they thought they were, and maybe act accordingly. Or do you think they'll just further insulate themselves and you know we're not going to get anywhere? Well, it's it's a great question, right? And. I always have thought to myself that if I have to insulate myself so much, how good of a leader am I, right? So I always thought there's a, an old Marine Corps saying, which is throughout the rest of the, of the world, but I learned it in Marine Corps. It's um, LBWA, which is leadership by walking around, right? So it's like be around the people, be around the troops, understand what they're saying and thinking, and that's actually a bit your best safety. If you are around the people, very often they are the ones who will help you and tell you and show you what's going on and actually protect you in a way, um, either physically, if that may be the case, or even emotionally. But we don't do that in America. What we do is reverse. Every time there's an attack, you hear it already. If you listen to any of the news, they say the same thing. What happened to the security? We got to make sure that something like this never happens again, which is always a mistake. Right? Never you can you can never create security that can never be broken. The question is you have to have enough security, and those of you in security who are listening know this. You want to have enough security that matches the realistic threat. So what should you do? Lower the threat. Right? If you lower the threat of violence, you can lower your security. But if you keep the same level of threat, you have to keep raising your security which keeps you distant from your population so they're more apt to not believe you, not trust you, not get it, and then you've raised your level of threat. Craig, you're right. This was a big deal for them. But if you listen to what everyone's saying, now it's about more security. So now they're going to punish every person who wants to go see our government. They're going to punish them more versus just trying to make an environment to where less people want to do what they're doing. We create a desperate situation with desperate people, and then we're shocked that they do desperate things. We have to stop that. So no, they won't. What they will do is they will simply prosecute all those people to the absolute maximum because how dare they attack us, right? How dare they? So they'll be prosecuted to the absolute maximum. Most of them will do jail time. Um, then they will create more security and then act like they're the martyrs every January 6th. They're going to have a memorial of, you know, oh, my God, this happened. And worse, they are going to directly blame Trump for this for the next 100 years. They're literally going to say this is all Trump's fault. He ordered the attack. He killed that poor woman who was killed yesterday. I mean, he's gonna, they're going to blame him for everything. And that will be their reason for more security, for more of a police state. Yeah, I know I'm a libertarian, but Craig, you kind of knew I was going to go there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I kind of had the same idea, but I just don't know when it breaks. I mean, they can only push it in one direction so far. Um, it, it breaks when there's actually enough people whose hearts and minds have been affected to believe in real change and real hope, right? One of the reasons why so many people have stood by Trump through all this is because in their eyes— this was the hope for the future. So they're like, whatever, we'll do whatever it takes. And the people who hate Trump supporters, they can't understand that. They can't understand that people need hope. And Trump, for many people, was that hope. 
And for some people, it still is, right? Now, people are beginning to abandon Trump. That's happening. That's true. Some of the people who weren't really hardcore supporters are starting to abandon him. And those who are fake supporters because he got what they wanted, right? A lot of Republican establishment, in fact, most Republican establishment, never actually supported Trump, right? Many of the people did. But the establishment, the vast majority of the establishment, never supported Trump. And they just supported him because, oh, he'll get us the judges that we want. He'll get us the laws that we want. Okay, we'll pretend like we like him. And now that he's not president, not going to be president anymore, now they've turned on him. So that's a chunk of the establishment. But even the average Republican, many of them are starting to turn too. And I think you're going to find a, a smaller amount of people who are supporting Trump uh, than, than there were, right? And But it's because they, they have hope. We, and I say we as libertarians, have to provide better hope, better answers, so that people will go, oh, this is the answer. If there is no hope, we will have pain. That's just how it works. So we have to provide more hope. I think that's the answer. And until we do that, we'll just keep locking things down, right? The beatings will continue until morale improves. And the example I will give you is Tsarist Russia. Yep, I went back over 100 years. Uh, the Russian people were basically enslaved, not exactly enslaved, but very close to enslaved, for about 300 years. And they were not able to get out of that until they had some hope, which sadly for them was communism. Because communism looked great when you compared it to monarchy, but man, that sucked too. <laughs> but they didn't know any better. So we need some good hope, Craig. Not communism, by the way. No, not communism. I think it's. I think it goes back to the libertarian thing. I think people need to recognize that those people down in Washington, uh, they they can't look to them to save them. It's about personal responsibility and community. So I guess you just got to wake people up to that. I'm with you, right? You've made a, a very important piece, community, right? Community. If you think about what what is the, the people who went down there, and look, you know, Craig, I live in New York City. Most people are not Trump supporters in my city, right? Most <laughs> no. of my friends don't don't like Trump. In fact, some actively hate him. So with, with them actually hating him, in their minds, they're like, why would you ever go down and support him in D.C.? It's They can't even imagine it. And I'm saying, because it's a community of hope. That's really what it is. It seems to the outsider like, oh, Trump supporters are mean and nasty and bad and violent. I, I get how that could look from the outside. But if you're actually there and you look, it's actually a community of hope. In fact, so was the vast majority of, of the protesters in the summer. Most of them were communities of hope. But again, if you're on the outside looking in, you're like, ah, they're all just burning stuff down. That's not how they saw it. Hope is the answer, my friend. All right. Well, I'm a little more hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I appreciate that. Yes. So thanks, Craig. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. So, yeah, I, I think what, what Craig is talking about is, is an important piece, right? What is the aftermath of this? The aftermath for, I think, the, the, the government is same old, same old, right? I've mentioned this before. There was a guy on my, on my webpage, sorry, on my Facebook page, who mentioned, he said, look, if you want to go back to normalcy, Biden's the best guy. He's right. I just don't want to go back to normalcy. I don't want to go back to that stuff, right? And in 2016, people picked Trump. So they didn't want to go back to normalcy either. Clearly, we didn't want that. So I still don't want to go back to normalcy. Um, I agree that he's the best guy to do that. Yeah. But do we really want to go back to that? I don't. 
you know, Trump is scary, right? He's a big personality. He's very easy to love and easy to hate. Big personalities are always that way. They're, they're easy to have strong emotions for or against. And I think we saw a lot of that yesterday. So the response from the government is going to be what it always is. More lockdowns, more security, violence, violence, violence. That's all they know. Look, you guys know I want things like police reform and things like that. I don't want to defund the police, but police reform is important in many ways. And we saw it in the summer and we saw it yesterday. We need a lot of police reform. Many people are going to say on the left that that young girl who was shot, she deserved it. Just like the guys who got shot in the summer, he deserved it. Nobody deserved to be shot. Did, the, did, did either the cop or the civilians in the summer or the cops in the yesterday, did they make what they thought was a right call? Maybe. And if they made the right call, it doesn't mean someone deserved to die. But maybe it was the right call. I don't know. But also maybe we should have trained our cops differently to use non-lethal, uh, non-lethal ways of defending themselves. That probably would have been a better, a better answer. Training was probably the better answer, whether that was in the summer or yesterday. Cops are just people, like everybody else, trying to do a job to the best of their ability. We can't treat them the same way because then they become desperate. And when they become desperate, they do desperate things too. We're all just humans. So I would ask you, as I was talking about before the break, if you're looking to make a change now, if you're a Trump supporter, remember, if you think Trump is still your guy, great. Help him convince him to fall back and regroup. If you think he's no longer your guy, then you got to find another leader in your party. If you can't find that, guess what? Libertarians are here for you. LP.org or head over to LarrySharp.com. All good. You know I'm here if you want to make that change. Larry Sharp, host of the Sartway Show, here on a free solution. 585-346-3000. Back after the break. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Hey, Larry Sharp here. A free solution. W-Y-S-L-W-E-N-Y-E-N-I. Elmira Corning, the Patriot. W-A-C-K in Newark, New York. 
three, four, six, three thousand. Look, before the break, we were talking about several things. What to do next if you are a Trump supporter, how we should look at what happened in D.C., and also what do we think will happen in the future. Well, I want to quickly go back to a little bit of I told you so again. I know I get that way sometimes, but I say things and I've been saying things about New York State and about our country for about three, four years now ongoing. And so many of the things I've said have come to pass. I've been telling people that this country for over a decade now has been going left. And the biggest way it's been going left is through urbanization. I've been saying that for years. Look at the map. Look at Georgia. Look at what happened. It was the cities that went blue because that's what's been happening over a decade. Since the crash, nothing was really done to assist Americans outside of cities. And because of that, most people have rushed to cities to have opportunity because outside the cities, there hasn't been much. If you're already established, great. But if you're not, it's been very tough for people to survive outside of cities. So they've rushed to cities. Give or take uh, 80% of all new jobs since 2009 have been in 20 U.S. cities. That's it. It's a huge change in our demographics. It's a huge change in our politics. You now add that aspect to what's been happening, and you see more and more people are starting to, to vote Democrat. Am I, by default, unhappy about that? No, if we had better Democrats, I mean... We don't. But if we have better Democrats, in theory, no. But in practice, yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a problem. So we have to somehow do something. Here's what I'm sure of. Yelling at each other is not working. It's just not. We have to take action and change hearts and minds. And that means conversations. Lots of them, again and again. But Larry, I, I can't talk to these liberals. Well, you better... Well, you better, because if you don't, they're going to vote all our rights away. So you better. The other option's not going to work. It just isn't. And I think we saw that yesterday. It just doesn't work. It winds up backfiring. And you find the second hardest thing, which is when the establishment begins to abandon the heroes that you may believe in, you will find that those heroes begin to fail. A lot of people believed in me in 2018 and the establishment abandoned me and and fought against me and it was hard. So I understand that idea of being smashed and having no recourse, of being smashed and feeling like there's no way around it and that there's no answer at all. But here is the answer. I'm not pointing my finger at you without pointing it at me first. I did regroup. And now I'm trying to change hearts and minds. And you know it. You've seen it. It's working. People are hearing me. Slowly. Not as fast as I like. But they are. And they're hearing me, whether you're on the right or on the left, they're starting to hear me and go, you know what, that guy's not so bad. He's got some good ideas. He's wrong on this, but, you know, he's right on most stuff. Or at least he cares about this. And he hears me. And that's starting to happen. And I'm asking you now, to be more like that in your own world, however that seems to work for you. The biggest thing I want Trump supporters to not do 
is check out. I brought that up before. I said it. After this election, whoever wins, the other side is going to have basically two options. Check out or resort to sporadic violence. Or that third option, come my way. I'm asking you to come my way. And if you don't want to be a libertarian, okay. But still start those conversations. The answer now is hearts and minds. If you're paying attention, you are watching the establishment abandon Trump right now. Boop, they're abandoning him. On the way out. Right? Uh, McConnell said his ideas were utter nonsense. Pence said Trump is out of his mind. Now Republicans are talking about the 25th Amendment and removing Trump. They're all turning on him now. They're all turning on him. Now to be forward, I did say they were going to turn him eventually because most of the establishment never supported him in the first place. It was all just lip service. So after the election, they were going to turn on him anyway. But now even more are, and faster, and more aggressive. Does that mean he's finished? No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean he's finished. Does it mean he's finished as a major politician? Yes. And that will make some of you upset. I know. But it's true. But he can still do things and be an influencer and still be a leader. But once the establishment begins to get rid of you, you will struggle to be a political um, establishment leader. You will struggle. Unless one thing happens. And that is, you change the hearts and minds of the American people. That's the critical piece. If you change the hearts and minds of the American people, then they'll be able to change everything else. Craig called earlier and said, hey, you know, what's going to happen in D.C.? Are they going to you know, kind of get it and act better? I don't think so. Because even though a couple of guys walked in and put their shoes on Nancy Pelosi's desk, the actual hearts and minds of her constituents have not been changed. In fact, if anything, they've been hardened to support her. This backfired. But if you can make it to where people were hardened against her, and it was working. If you remember, even within the Democratic Party, there was a civil war starting against Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. So it was beginning to work even within the Democratic Party it was starting to happen. This wasn't helpful. Changing hearts and minds is how it works. Now, I'll give you an example that is not one that I'm happy about, but I have to give credit where credit is due. My congressperson is AOC. I accept your condolences. Yes, she's my congressperson, my district here in Queens, Queens, New York City. She busted her rump for that seat. She did. She knocked on every door. She changed hearts and minds. She had good rhetoric. I mean, she was also supported with a lot of money also, but money isn't the only thing. Her opponent had tons of money too. So money helped. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not naive to think if you just have a good message that you'll all of a sudden win. I'm not saying that. I'm saying money matters, but so does changing hearts and minds. They both matter. And she was able to do that. And they get a lot of people who would have never thought socialism was a good idea to all of a sudden go, yes, that sounds good to me. Sure. We all have to do that. And that takes conversation after conversation after conversation. That's the answer. The establishment has abandoned Trump and will start to go back to the old ways. You know, my uh, my friend on Facebook saying Biden's the best answer for normalcy. He's right. And I think you see that happening right now. I don't think that they're going to remove Trump. I don't think they are. I think it's a lot of talk and a way to motivate people against him and his supporters. And I think it's working. I see it on, I see it in people 
who I know that if I go back a week or two ago were Trump supporters, and now they're not. Now they're checking out, and this is what I want you to not do. Like, whatever. Like, I'm out of politics. I don't care anymore. There's no chance. This country's finished. I'm getting a lot of that. So Trump is going to lose a lot of supporters. People are just going to check out. Go, I'm done. If I can't have him, I don't want anybody. And I'm going to ask you again. I've been bugging you, and I'm not going to stop bugging you because I need you. I need hearts and minds, and so do you. This is a symbiotic relationship. We need each other. Find another leader or convince Trump to regroup and attack again later or join the Libertarian Party. Any of those three, those are answers to not check out. That's the one thing I don't want you to do. Yes, the battle was lost. I've said it. It sucks. Way it is. Done. Battle's lost. If you're a Trump supporter, it sucks. I got it. I've been there. But the war isn't over. This country is still savable. Absolutely it is. I need your help. Don't check out whatever you do. Now, I'm going to tell you what I would have told Trump to do if he had asked me. And he, of course he didn't. He doesn't care what I think. But I'm going to tell you anyway. If I was Trump's advisor, once the protesters became rioters, once that happened, I would have said, you know what? I have, I'm, I've changed my mind. I'm done. Um, it's all over. I accept the results, even though I disagree. I accept them all. It's all good. Guys, all go home. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take all of the people and supporters who I have. And as of January 21st, I'm going to start an organization that is going to fix the electoral system in this country within the next four years. We are going to repair it. We're going to show you what's wrong and we're going to fix it. I'm going to be responsible for making this right for America. Imagine if he had done that. Imagine if he had taken all those people who are Trump supporters and said, let's turn and shift us into this world, into making this right. How in the world could the people who hate Trump and don't like Trump, how could they have attacked him then? They couldn't. Because now he's saying, I'm going to go help America this way. I'm going to shift and make this happen. This is what I would have told him to do. This is what I would advise him to do. Keeping people engaged, keeping his supporters. And you know what? If if the electoral system is as bad as he says it is, and to be forward, I have not done the deep dive at all. But if it is as bad as he says it is, he'll figure it out. And if it isn't, he'll show us that it isn't. Whatever the answer is, he would have given it, helped us out, moved us forward, and helped us to heal so that we can have conversations and just stop fighting each other. The fighting is wrong. It's got to stop. That's the solution. Yeah, it's a free solution. I know it is. But then again, that's the name of the show. Larry Sharp, also host of The Sharp Way. Please follow me on Facebook, The Sharp Way, when you have a chance. Here in The Free Solution, WISL 585-346-3000. Back after the break. A free solution. Hey, Larry Sharp here on A Free Solution, also host of The Sharp Way Show. Please do me a favor, follow me on Twitter. Yep, I brought up Twitter, The Sharp Way. Follow me on Twitter so you can see all the cool stuff that I'm doing. I do all types of cool stuff and some not some cool stuff, but it's fine. Here on WYSL, W-E-N-Y-E-N-I, Elmire Recording, The Patriot, W-A-C-K in Newark, New York, 585 346 
3,000. I was talking about what is the next step, the next step for government, the next step for us, what the next steps after the actions of yesterday, which people are going to be talking about for a long time, right? For at least the next month or so, for sure. It's actually taken over, you know, COVID. All of a sudden, COVID is not so important anymore. It's taken over a lot. This has been a big thing, and everyone's got a piece, and they're all going to want to jump on board and and get their five minutes or 15 minutes of fame. That's going to happen. Look, I'm talking about it too. So, guilty, right? I talked about it last night on my um, on my podcast, The Sharp Way, two hours. I took questions for two hours on it. So, yep, I'm guilty also, and so will you. The thing I want you to think about, though, if you can, is to think about watching media that you usually don't watch. I know some of you may want to hold your nose or or keep a bucket next to you. I got it. But it's probably not a bad idea. See what other people are thinking, where their heads are, what their experts, I'm doing air quotes, are are saying. It's going to give you a good idea of what the rest of the country is thinking. And that's the way we can start to have something, some semblance of a conversation. That's the most important piece. I'm going to grab a call. This is uh, John from Rochester. John, how are you? Hey, Larry. I'm, I'm doing great. You know, that what happened yesterday was atrocious, un- unbelievably atrocious to see that to our, it happen to our capital. Yep. But, but I got to tell you, I, I listened to Trump's uh, speech, not the whole thing, before uh, the, the mob went out there. Uh, I didn't think he incited the mob. I think he was, in fact, he kind of made light of the fact that, that uh, he he doesn't want the Democrats uh, confronted in any way, uh, verbally, et cetera, or convinced, because he says they're, they're, they've already bought into the, uh, the propaganda. So they're going to be 100% against them. What the, he wanted was for the uh, people to try to convince Republicans, uh, and, I, and I, he did it sort of in a lighthearted way. That part of the, uh, that part of the speech. Uh, so, yeah, I, I um, think it was exaggerated that he incited this riot. To me, I think it there's make any several sense. levels to this. I, I like what you're saying. There's several levels to this. The first one, as I talked about earlier, is you know, sadly, politics is kind of on facts and heavily about emotion. And if you don't like Trump, it is really easy to say he's responsible. It feels good. It sounds right. So you're going to say it and agree with it. And you're going to use words like insight and things of that sort. The reality of it, as I mentioned earlier, that's black and white thinking. It's gray. Does Trump hold some responsibility? Of course, he's a leader. All the leaders do. Of course they do. The people who are supposed to be in charge of security, they hold some also. This is a shared responsibility to include Trump, but not he's not the only guy. All the leaders have responsibility here because they're leaders by default, and he holds some responsibility. But it will be, as we've already seen, it's going to be spun as if he literally ordered them to go kill people, which we know is not true. I, I'm agreeing with you. It is not true. The worry is, how do we have that conversation without someone going, oh, you're just a crazy Trump supporter and you're not, you, you just love him and you're not thinking. How do we get around that? And I think it's about first saying what the way you said it. You said what happened was atrocious. If we can agree on that, 
Now we can start having conversation. I love the way you started the conversation. You didn't just go, Trump never said that. If you began with that, people aren't going to hear you. But you began it in the right way, saying, hey, we can agree on this one thing. The violence was a bad idea. All right, well, now we, let's back out and go to that next level. The next well, I piece think we is, both can agree that... The, no, go ahead. One of the real... Yeah, one, we both can agree on this. One of the biggest culprits in this dissension in this country is the media. They covered up for the left throughout, well, for, for decades, actually, but in the last uh, four or five years especially, the left is uh, uh, covered up for, uh, number one, the voter fraud that went on and irregularities that went on in, the last, in this past election, plus all the violence that happened during the past year by the left. In fact, Senator Schumer came out with a, uh, he wants to impeach uh, Trump before he leaves office. <laughs> Schumer, know, Schumer's the guy that stood out in front of the Supreme Court this past summer and threatened Judge Kavanaugh. I don't know if you remember that. I don't remember that. You don't? No. Tell me about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he stood out. There was a rally. It could have been an abortion rally. Okay. Uh, and in front of his constituents, uh, they, uh, there might have been a thousand people. And he stood out in front and threatened Judge Kavanaugh. That was this summer? Yeah, this summer. All right, Look I'm going to check that out. YouTube. I don't remember that. Yes, you don't remember because what? The left, left, uh, leftist media, for the most part, didn't publish it at all. Mm. But I, it'll be on YouTube, so look look that up. I will check that out. I, I think you have a, a lot of valid points here. The, the problem becomes where do we go from here, right? If we have the, – the one advantage that I think I saw start to happen – um, and I brought this up on, on my uh, on my show was, you know, CNN started to be not so anti-Trump after he lost the election. They began to start to come back a little bit because if you follow CNN prior to 2015, they were left, but they weren't rabid left. They were just regular left. After Trump was elected, CNN became rabid left. I was like, oh my God, it was three hours of I hate Trump for, for every night. After the election, they began to kind of come back to like, okay, we're just going to be regular left again. We're going to let MSNBC be the rabid left. We're going to come back. And now they've gone back to rabid Trump is evil again. They've gone right back to it. My hope is that if we can just have some conversations, we can get media to go back to, I don't mind if media, if media leans left or leans right. It's bad when they're rabid. That's your point, right? When they're rabid, just go... Everything my side says is correct and everything the other side says is wrong. That's a problem. I think we can get to that if we just start having more conversations and starting the way you started. Where do we agree? Okay, now let's have a conversation. I think we can do that, John. It's hard. I know it is. I've been doing it since I lost my election two years ago. I'm still doing it. I think a lot of people now who are Trump supporters have to kind of hold their nose and keep that bucket by their bed and start to have conversations with people who they didn't want to have a conversation with. Because here's the thing I find, John, I don't know if you find this. I find a lot of people who hate Trump, if you ask them about his actual policies, often don't even know. They just hate him. We have to have conversations well, that can Larry, kind of pull him out hear, and talk about the policies. Larry, if you didn't hear about... Uh... We were talking about uh, Schumer. Before. The, the um, well, Schumer. 
Oh, the, uh, Schumer. If you yes. didn't hear about that, did you hear about the White House? Uh, Trump had to be evacuated from the White House this past summer because people had penetrated the perimeter. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, John, I'm getting the music. That means I got to go. Brother, thank you so much for the call. I hope you'll call next week. We can talk again. Larry Sharp here. Guys, convince, find a leader, or join Libertarian Party. I will see you guys very soon.